You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. What's going on? It's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy Frank Tucker, and we're representing CanesCounty.com. Make sure you subscribe to the website, part of the Rivals dot com network and also subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and also hit that subscribe button here on youtube and we had the acc kickoff this week where several media members across the country got a chance to speak to tyler van dyke mario cristobal matt lee and cameron kitchens representing the miami hurricanes football program and a lot of interesting comments came out yesterday and one of which was uh, the fact that Mario Cristobal kind of kind of hammered that it's going to be a different offense and I think we we kind of all know this right we we're, we're, we're excited about the air raid offense to really kind of unlock Tyler Van Dyke and and unlock these playmakers because Miami's got a lot of playmakers on this team that just haven't shown what they can do. And it was just reemphasized by Coach Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke that that the offense is truly going to open up. So I, I did want to just kind of share what um, Cristobal said. on what the bringing in coach Dawson, what his new offense will do to unlock uh, Tyler Van Dyke's skill set that we've seen in the past. Yeah, I think what Shannon Dawson has done in his history really fits Tyler, his skill set, the pieces around them. It gives us the opportunity to enhance the supporting cast, um, the bolstering of the offensive line with, you know, not only the addition of Matt and Javion and, and the return of a healthy um, offensive line in Inez Cooper and a Jalen Rivers. And then, you know, we all know, we've heard about the heralded freshman that we have and the expectations on them. I think that's a great combination. You know, Shannon Dawson has led some really uh, high-level offenses over the course of his career, uh, really understands the importance of the timing and spacing and precision of the passing game and has gotten the ball in the hands of his best players. And he's been a hit. You know, he's been a guy that our team instantly recognized that, man, this guy's not only is he a really good coach, he's a really good person. We can connect here. And um, and probably one of the best things, and I think this is important to say because Miami's always been really, really good, but Miami was filled with people that really want to be at Miami. And Shannon Dawson, he, he views the Miami job as that job. Lance Skid reviews the Miami job as that destination spot. So uh, we're thrilled to have him. They've certainly made a tremendous impact so far. And we look forward to him continuing to evolve his offense and working with our players. And I think um, we'll all let Tyler expand on his feelings on the offense when you guys get him up here. So there you have it. Mario Cristobal just really praising Shannon Dawson and Lance Guidry, uh, by the way, of, of what they will bring to this offense in 2023. Frank, just your your thoughts on on Cristobal's comments there. I thought it was I thought it was exactly what we expected. It, he's talked about Shannon Dawson. 
being the guy to open this offense back up after a lackluster 2022. And this is exactly what Tyler Van Dyke needs. The last time we saw him be successful was a semblance of the air raid offense with Rhett Lashley, who's now at SMU putting up big numbers. So I, I, I don't, it's really more the same of what we really heard throughout all of 2023 since Shannon Dawson has arrived. A comment that wasn't made kind of stood out for me, though. He talked about that offensive line, Matt Lee. He talked about JV on Cohen. He talked about the incoming freshmen. You know, we know Tommy Kinsler. We know Francis Malagoa. We know that Samson Okanola are three really, you know, highly heralded guys. But no mention of Zion Nelson. It, it's what kind of stood out to me, right? It, you would think a guy that's a first-team All-ACC uh, preseason selection, a guy that has the pedigree as a, a, a former projected first-round draft pick, a guy who's still getting that kind of projection by some people heading into the 2024 draft, and he really didn't get mentioned when he started talking about all the guys on the offensive line. And I, I think that's, that's kind of – telling of where maybe he's at in his recovery right now that we shouldn't have too many expectations for him to come back maybe at the beginning of this year or they haven't seen it yet and are hoping to see it in fall camp so that's a little bit of a worry for me Um, but overall I I am excited about this offense and and this is really kind of what we've been hearing you and I being around the program since Shannon Dawson has arrived. Absolutely. Uh, you bring up a very good point that he didn't mention Zion Nelson. A uh, publication that did mention Zion Nelson is Pro Football Focus as one of the players that that are preseason ACC All-Americans. Uh, and there, there are actually several players on this list that that were actually mentioned. And you actually had more first team selections than than both Florida State and Clemson combined, which is pretty shocking to be honest. You know, because I don't think I don't think anybody really expects Miami to win the conference, but when you see something like that you you kind of you kind of think about okay well can Miami win the conference if they stay healthy because Zion Nelson like I said as you see on the on the screen there it is mentioned along with Javion Cohen and and Matthew uh Lee and then on defense you've got Akeem Mesador Taylor of course Cameron Kinchins I think we all knew he was gonna make the list and then also James Williams. So, Frank, your, your thoughts on Miami having more first-team players than any other team in the ACC? Yeah, it was it was a little shocking. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm surprised to see Zion make that list. Pro Football Focus has been pretty high on James Williams, so I don't think it's crazy for him to make that first-team ACC team preseason team. Uh, Akeem Mesidor, super underrated. I'm glad he got that preseason recognition because we know how good he was when he was healthy last yeah. year. He was pacing He's... college football in sacks before he got injured. Yeah. He was he was an elite-level player, and I think he's a player that could be a first- or second-round draft pick heading into next season. I was actually talking to somebody the other day about this, that 
Miami has like almost double digit guys that could be first round draft pick considerations. It's it's kind of crazy. And we're still only talking about them as an eight win team, an eight, yeah. nine win team. That's that's what we're hoping on the high end. Which is, on the high end. So yeah. It, right. It, you look at it, you get eight first team all ACC all ACC preseason selections, more than any other team. Three of them on the offensive line, two of them on the defensive line. You have arguably the best safety tandem in all of college football. How is 10 wins not the expectation right now? You look at a completely rebuilt offensive line that has three first-team all-ACC preseason selections with the inclusion of Francis Mauanoa or Mauagoa, however you want to say it. Samson Okunlola. Samson Okunlola as a guy that was a five-star prospect. Multiple other guys that can contribute as that fifth guy, and as Cooper, uh, is a guy probably going to end up starting in this group. Jalen Rivers is a guy who's been a perennial starter since he's arrived in Miami pretty much. The offensive line is completely changed, which is going to be a huge yeah. thing. Defensive line we know is going to be good. There's a lot of talent there. Linebacker core has been completely rebuilt with, with Francisco Malanoa, who we have seen do some really good things in the spring and also have a, stu- a stupid season for Washington State last year. Uh, dropping into coverage, the highlight has kind of gone viral lately uh, of him intercepting and, and taking a touchdown back against Oregon last year. So all the pieces seem to be in place. You had Tyler Harrell at receiver. You had Shamar Kirk at receiver. Jacoby George is healthy, healthy and not suspended. Colby Young gets a full offseason. Man, I'm starting to get really excited here, and I'm like starting to inch closer to nine, ten wins than eight or nine wins. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible when you see the amount of talent that that is on this team, and seventy percent of the production is returning uh, to Miami, and you add several transfers and a bunch of young that could potentially make an impact in year one. So. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Zion Nelson, if he can return to, let's say, 80% of, of what he was before, that really significantly bolsters this offensive line here in 2023. And you won't have to maybe use a Francis Malagoa much. Lola, who another thing we have to mention is that they apparently their their muscle to body fat ratio is really good. <laughs> uh, they, they set uh, Francis Malanoa set the record for for body fat uh, when it comes to when it comes to that. So obviously, you kind of want to see what he does on the field and not just kind of look at these measurables because. They ultimately really don't matter when it comes to wins and losses, but hey, that, that that's a great thing to know that the strength and conditioning program is already paying dividends for freshmen who've only been there for a few months. So another comment that that was very interesting to me yesterday was the fact that Cameron Kinchins said that James Williams who we mentioned is on that ACC, all ACC first team, could be the next All-American for Miami. Of course, we know that Cameron Kinchins 
earned his his All-American honor last season with an outstanding six interception. Led the team in tackles as well. But uh, James Williams was was his 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 uh, was the player that he mentioned that could be the next All American. Now, obviously, it's his you know it's his safety teammate duo partner. Um, so of course he'll vouch for him. And then you know the fact that he's from also from South Florida as well. Obviously, he wants to see his partner in crime have a great. Do you agree with that statement, Frank? Do you think James Williams could be the next? All-American at Miami? I do think he could be an All-American this season if everything goes right. Uh, everything we're hearing about him in this Lance Gidry defense is that he's going to get closer to the line of scrimmage, which I think is going to be good for him. We're going to see James Williams at American Heritage rather than James Williams the first two two seasons at the University of Miami, uh, which I think James, when, he, when he's around the football, when he's around the action, he's making plays. He's making things happen. His length and versatility, both as an as a guy who can drop into underneath coverage and affect the run game, bring guys down, play in pursuit. He he's impactful in that way. And if we see a season where he's one of the better strong safeties in all of college football, yeah, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that he's an All American. Uh, we we know he has five he has five star potential. He was the number one safety coming out of high school, and. and the expectations were that he was going to be an All-American coming in to coming to Miami and staying home. It was a major deal that him and Leonard Taylor and guys like that decided to stay home rather than go to greener pastures, as people like to say, at Georgia or Alabama or, or places like that. So, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised to see him as an All-American this season. He's healthy. He had that shoulder surgery in the offseason, which I think is going to be a major boost to his playing ability and we know that he's he is a playmaker he even even when things were were up and down last year he still showed us some glimpses of him being arguably one of the best players in college football yeah I, i'm definitely excited for james williams this season uh, i really think he has an opportunity to be an all-american and for that to happen i think he just needs to improve in coverage and just kind of be in places to make plays now when it comes to him hovering close to the line he is outstanding I, I think he he's he's usually in the right place when it comes to in the box it's just when he's in coverage you kind of like to see him make make plays in coverage and kind of close in on receivers and and kind of up his interception count uh, i think if he does that then he definitely has a chance to be an All-American. Um, there's some other players, though, that could possibly be All-Americans on this team. And for me, I think that there's there's probably a couple other players that have a better chance that um, – and one of them we, we mentioned earlier on this podcast, and that's Akeem Mesador. Uh, I think Akeem Mesador legit has a chance to – to be an All-American uh, this this season, he is extremely versatile, and in the case where if if there's an injury, he can move into the inside, he can move on the outside. He's he's just very disruptive, has a high motor, 
just kind of keeps going and going very similar to uh, how Jason Taylor was when he was a player. Uh, because I, I don't know if you remember when Jason Taylor played, but he was a relentless guy. He, he just continuously was after the quarterback. He, he may not have, have got there in the first, you know, three seconds, but after, after, after the quarterback was scrambling around, he was able to accumulate sacks. And now being coached now by Jason Taylor, I think this is going to just elevate him to, a, to an even higher level. So I think Akeem Mesador actually has a slightly better chance to become an All-American than a James Williams. And then the other player for me is a Francisco Malgoa. Uh, Malanoa, I keep saying that, Malgoa too. Um, but but I think he has a really great chance to be an All-American this year because of who's playing in front of him, because of, a, uh, of an Akeem Mesador playing in front of him, because of a Leonard Taylor playing in front of him. I think it's going to lock up those offensive linemen and it's going to give him a chance to, to, to run down running backs and to run down quarterbacks. Frank, you know how desperately we needed uh, a linebacker to run down these quarterbacks, especially in the ACC. He got, got uh, very mobile quarterbacks, including uh, a Drake May um, and um, uh, Riley guys, Leonard was a guy who can, who can kill you with his legs. Yeah, so, Leonard, uh, Jordan not, Travis. Jordan, Jordan Travis, Travis, Jordan Travis was yeah. the guy I was trying to trying to think of in my head. I don't know why his name was escaping me. The kid out of Palm Beach. He is a guy that that they couldn't corral either last season, and they played both Drake May and Jordan Travis this season. So you kind of want to see a Francisco Malgoa. Anna Wesley Besaint, those guys really kind of stop the QB run. And I, I think uh, they will. So those are my top two as far as players on that defense that could be an All-American. What say you? Yeah, I, I think on, on the defense, there's a, a number of guys, right? Leonard Taylor is a guy that could be an All-American for sure. Akeem Mesidor, like you mentioned, Francisco Mauanoa. Uh, and honestly, Cam Kinchins again, right? It, it's well, why not the, the possibility of the guy who was just a consensus first-team All-American getting in, getting that uh, recognition once again? Uh, and, and also, offensively, Matt Lee is another guy we got to mention as a potential sure. All-American. Javion Cohen is another guy we got to mention. And I know this is going to surprise some people. Colby Young, I think, in this air raid offense could be a guy that has potential All-American recognition coming to him in 2023. He is six foot four, fast, explosive, good hands, makes plays when the ball is in the air. And we know this is an offense that, with their number one option, they get the ball to him. Look at Tank Dell and how, 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 how much production he was able to put up in the last two seasons under Shannon Dawson. And I, I think that there's going to be one guy in this offense that puts up stupid numbers. We're going to get back to that huge Miami number one wide receiver production that we saw with guys like Leonard Hankerson or, you know, who, who else? Like, who was who I'm Rambo, uh, Charleston Rambo, who put up stupid numbers with Rhett Lashley. I think we're going to get back to that. And I'm excited for that. And I think Colby Young could do that. 
And in an air raid offense where I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and yes, they will run it too. There will be some balance there, but they're going to throw the ball. We, we know that. They're going to maximize their play count with Shannon Dawson, which is, I think is something that we didn't do last year at the University of Miami. And I, I think that there's potential for Colby Young to be a guy to be an All-American as well. Switching to that offensive side of, side of the ball, uh, Jacoby George came up yesterday as far as uh, comments from Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal kind of pointed out that they want to see him really be that guy, you know, and and they the, the words that he uses that we hammer him and we're going to continue to hammer him is, is what uh, Mario Cristobal said yesterday during the ACC kickoff. And George is a guy that really could potentially open up this offense like to, to the next stratosphere because you already know what you're going to get from Xavier, Xavier Restrepo. You're going to get, you know, tough catches underneath. You're going to get tough catches on third down. Um, and with Kobe Young, like you just mentioned, he's that deep uh, play guy. Uh, he He's basically your, your legitimate number one receiver, uh, your fade guy. Um, he, he's, he's, you know, the, the, your big wide receiver one. But Jacoby George is that guy who can really do everything, to be honest. He, he can hit you deep. He can uh, hit you with underneath routes, um, the screen game. Uh, he can be dangerous there. Um, just just talk about a little bit about Jacoby George and his potential and what he can do for this offense with Cross Cristobal and the staff hammering him, like they said. Got to go back to what he did at Plantation. He was one of the most productive players in South Florida, regardless of position, during his time there. And I, I know you don't want to project out too much from – high school, especially a public school in Broward County, to what he could have done at the University of Miami. But you have to because he was so successful at the high school level. It pushed Miami to take a guy who had really no Power 5 offers as a major take in that 2021 class, I think it was. So I I love the fact that he's starting to get that recognition by Mario Cristobal and TVD. Uh, He's a guy that it could be a really good compliment to Colby Young. Like you mentioned, the intermediate passing game still is has a void of a guy who needs to kind of take that role. And I think he can do just that, right? Deep digs, uh, slants, uh, you know, trying to get guys, uh, you know, on third down. Because we know Xavier Shepo is going to be really good in the slot. But there's going to be times where teams focus exclusively on him, putting a linebacker and a safety probably, you know, near the seam to where he's not going to be able to impact the game that much. And we know that he's not an athletic freak or anything of that nature. Jacoby's six foot. He's got a little bit more speed, big hands, long arms. He has all the physical attributes to be a really good player in this Miami offense. Um, and, and the fact that they're saying that he is going to do just that this year makes me feel good. I, I know last year there were glimpses of, of him being a really good player before he got hurt. He was showing it in that Texas A&M game, first game back from suspension. He, he was making guys miss, was making plays after the catch, right? Nearly scored a touchdown, which would have been, I think, Miami's only touchdown of that game. So, it, overall, 
he has the potential to do just that, and he should because, like I said, this is an air raid offense that's going to be predicated on the passing game and how successful Tyler Van Dyke is, and he's not going to be successful unless guys like Colby Young and Jacoby George are putting together strong campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just wanted to pull up the the article of what Mario Cristobal, Cristobal said uh, on the radio. I kind of ch- transcribed everything and the what what he specifically said about the receivers. Kobe Young is completely healthy and is, and as good as you guys like Jacoby George to step up and show what he can do, and we hammer him. I ho- I hope he listens to this as we're speaking. And we are going to hammer him more because he needs to be a great player at Miami. And for that to be a reality, he's got to be consistent. So clear message kind of sent to Jacoby George there. Of course, you can read the entire article on canescounty.com. And I, I think he's going to step up. I think he. I think he's going to definitely show what he can do, especially because of Kevin Beard and just being coached by, you know, a Miami guy, a plantation guy, some, some, guy, so, someone who's really going to improve his, his skill set, his route running, and just improve his overall character. Um, his, his, his overall, you know, just demeanor, I think, or his work ethic. I think um, Jacoby George is up for a big year. Who else might be up for a big year is Lionel Messi, man. Uh, this guy is off to a great start here. I got my Inter Miami hat here. It's it's pretty amazing. I know you're not really into soccer like that, but what he's done already in two games, scoring the game winner in the first one, and then he's scores two more last night and an assist in a 4-0 win over Atlanta. I mean, he's about to take over the city. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to mention uh, Messi because Messi was mentioned by Cristobal yesterday as well. And it, he was kind of, you know, thrown an alley-oop by the the guys on, on, on AC, ACC Network where – they asked about Messi, and he was basically said, "Hey, if 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 Mr. Messi decides to come to Miami to build his brand, then why wouldn't any other player in the country want to do the same?" Boom, <laughs> you know when you hear, <laughs> when you hear something like that, you're just like, "Okay, well, those are big facts, and definitely going to help in recruiting." I mean. Cristobal is an outstanding recruiter, and he knows how to sell the program. He knows how to sell Miami, the city, and he continues to do that. And he just has Messi just to kind of help with that. So what do you think the addition of, of Messi, does that really help in recruiting? I think it's it, – I think anytime sports are successful in South Florida – you're going to see success at the University of Miami. If you look at when Miami was at its best, right, we're talking Dan Marino. We're talking, you know, the Dolphins being successful, Shula. Maybe not championship level of success, but overall just consistency. 
with that team, right? The Miami, the, the Florida Marlins were good in the late 90s, right? Early 2000s, you had the Hurricanes pumping that, right? When I, I think when the city is in, it tied into sports and into sports and, and you feel the passion in the air in all sports overall, things are going to be better for the University of Miami because you have overall more interest. You got more eyes. You got more potential to be seen. The ability to grow your brand, like he said. Right now, you got the Miami Heat, who are in the NBA Finals. You got the Florida Panther, who are in the NHL Stanley Cup. You got the Miami Marlins pushing for playoff a playoff spot with a guy hitting almost 400. So they're playing really good baseball right now. The Dolphins are really exciting. Have one of the better teams in the NFL. Well, the only thing really missing right now, and obviously you mentioned the soccer team, who is now the, the best player in the world and, and adding a couple other guys from what I heard. They're, they got a potential championship run on their hands. The only thing missing is the Miami Hurricanes. The yeah. only thing missing is the Miami Hurricanes. And I think if if kids are able to see, you know, the, the forest, the forest instead of the trees, right? Like they can, they can get in and buy what is going on at the university of Miami right now. So that's why I think that there's so much hope with Mario Cristobal because he is a Miami guy, right? He's the Cuban coffee drinker. He's, he's the guy who takes pride in, in, in being from, you know, the heart of Miami going to Christopher Columbus, right? Having yes. ties to everywhere in the city and knowing what it takes to win going back and giving to that Miami Gardens Ravens program. Like he knows what it takes to bring community into this program, which we haven't really seen it from, from our, our coaches in the past. So I, I love the fact that, that he's tying Messi into his recruiting uh, strategy, right? Telling people if Messi can do it here, why can't you? This guy has hundreds of millions of followers. He's a, a borderline billionaire, Right, he passed up on billions of dollars from the he Saudi did. Arabians to he to did. come to to call to come to enter Miami. So, I, and listen, I think recruits see not maybe not messy so much, but I think that they see the potential of being in South Florida and growing your brand in a major city like Miami. Right? They it, everybody wanted to call Mario three Stario for a long time at, at the beginning of this cycle. Right? They wanted to do that and they wanted to clown him, but now you're starting – there's seven blue-chip kids in this class. And we're not – we didn't really get into the, the part of this cycle where Miami is pushing for the rest of the four- and five-star guys they are targeting in this class. We know that blue-chip guys traditionally wait a little bit longer in the process than guys that are three-stars. They built the core of this class. Now you're seeing guys like Josiah Trader jump in. You got Chance Robinson in the fold. You got – you have seven blue chip guys that were valued by pretty much everybody around the country. Isaiah Thomas being the only one that's really on that lower end of the four star uh, threshold, but he's a six foot two, 190, 195 pound safety who has potential to play multiple positions. He is a freak athlete. If he doesn't tear his ACL last year, he's another guy that everybody around the country is going after as well. So overall, Miami is. Miami is going to kill it in recruiting. They're going to end up with a top 10 class. There are going to be kids that see this potential building your brand at the University of Miami, coming in and playing early. Like you see Francis Mauanoa and Samson Okamola, Pancake Concho. He, like, that was a big part of Samson Okamola's recruitment, right? Building on the Pancake Concho brand, 
through sure. NIL and, 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 and the ability to be kind of pushed as a guy who – look at what they're doing, right? It's ACC media day. This kid didn't start in the spring. What are they talking about the entire time? Him and Francis Mawanoa, both him, Tyler Van Dyke. It, it's, yeah. it's something that keeps coming up, Samson Okunlola. So I love the fact that they're pushing their young guys so heavily, the Ray Ray Josephs, the Mark Fletchers, the Chris Johnsons. All those guys got mentioned at ACC Media Day. And that's a big thing. There are a lot of eyes on that event. And I, I think Mario Cristobal knows what he's doing with, with brand recognition. Yeah, absolutely. He knows what he's doing with brand recognition. And speaking of recruiting, this weekend is a huge weekend for Miami as they will have their annual cookout where they invite uh, recruits, commits, families, coaching staff is going to be there. And it's an opportunity for, for them to reconnect here after the dead period and really kind of focus on the guys they want to focus on for this 2024 class. If you look back to last year around this time, they still had several guys that they added to the class after this point, um, starting with a Malik Bryant, um, Tommy Kinsler, then they got Caleb Spencer, then Collins Ashenpong, then Marcellius Pulliam, then the Joshua Horton, Chris Johnson, and then, you know, when signing day came around, then they went and got uh, some big dogs with Ruben Bain, Samson Lola, Mark Fletcher, and Damari Brown. So this class is far from done, is basically what I'm saying, uh, because those are several players that were added after this point last season. Now, going into to this uh, barbecue that there there's still several players that are on the table or or options or targets uh, for Miami, but uh, what do you think about Miami really capitalizing on this barbecue event to up their 2024 class? Yeah, I, I think that there's potential for one or two guys to end up in the fold. Maybe not during the weekend. Because we know Miami strategically places their commitments throughout the week. Uh, we, we, we've seen them do that in the past. But two guys that I'm looking at to, to end up committing, maybe not long after this barbecue, is Kamarion Franklin and Jalen Hayward. Those are two guys that I love that Miami is getting on campus. Uh, I know that the safety position is something that Miami is still focusing on with Jalen Hayward and Zaquan Patterson. And Kamarion Franklin is the number one guy for them at that defensive end spot. You grab Marquise Lightfoot, if you could pair him with a Kamarion Franklin, you have four guys in that defensive line, at that defensive line spot in this 2024 class that are really good players. We saw Artavius, Artavius Jones is a guy that's going to make a jump in the recruiting rankings soon. You know, it's been talked about by our national analysts. We, we know that Dylan Russell, despite being a little bit sawed off height-wise, is one of the best players in Miami-Dade County, regardless of position. So I, I, if you add a Kamarion Franklin, we're looking at a defensive line class very similar to what they did in 2023 with the offensive line. Because I don't think they'll be done at, with those, just those four guys. I think they add at least one or two more guys on the defensive line over the next few months of this cycle. 
So I, I love the I love the idea of those two guys being the next two potential commits. Um, but there, there is a loaded list. And if you go to canescounty.com and you yep. take advantage of our 30-day promo, right, which is Miami 30, you will get a chance to see what we have accumulated so far list-wise for this Miami barbecue, which is starting to get a pretty star-studded. And there is more to come. Definitely more to come from the Miami Hurricanes and from canescounty.com. Like Frank said, uh, we will have another promotion coming up in the upcoming weeks when fall camp starts. And there will also be a nationwide uh, promotion coming up as well for Rivals.com. Uh, so plenty of opportunities uh, for you to get on board to uh, get all the inside information and all the content that we can provide. Make sure you follow us on all platforms as well. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're, we're on Twitter heavy. We're 3,000 followers just in one year on both of those platforms. And also, as you probably see here, we've got 9,000 going on 10,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the Canes uh, County podcast or the Storm Tracker podcast, rather. <laughs> um, unless there's anything else that that you wanted to talk about, Frank. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for listen. 2024 is going to be really special, but I watch out for this 2025 class. Miami has a running back, a local top top two of fifty running back visiting today. They got more guys going to be visiting throughout the week from 2025. There's going to be a heavy 2025 conglomerate at the barbecue this weekend. Shannon Dawson is doing an incredible job recruiting the top quarterbacks in that class. I'm really excited for the potential of what is to come, especially if Miami wins nine or 10 games this year. That 2025 class could push for top three status if everything goes right. And I know we're looking far ahead, but we have spoke to a lot of the 2025 kids and they are excited about what Miami is building. And I think that you could see some traction heavily from this barbecue with 2025, maybe even a little bit more than 2024. It's all about winning. Let's see if Miami can do it on the field in 2023. I'm excited. Football season is about to start in the next upcoming weeks. Look out for all kinds of information coming from canescounty.com. That's going to wrap it up officially for the Storm Tracker Podcast.